on here. This is episode 42 of Unlicensed Entertainment, so thank you all for listening that have been listening to that. We have a returning guest today, uh, Luis Batista. Thank you. Welcome, Luis. So, guys? Hello? Hello? Uh, he was on a few months ago. We basically talked about um, his music and uh, stuff along those lines. It's a really good podcast podcast episode i think it was in august if you want to go back and check that out but welcome back some things have changed since i've last had you on we are no longer co-workers yes they have, yes, they have. which i'm not going to name the place because i do worry about my co- my work listening and then firing <laughs> the crap i say on this podcast so we're not going to say where we used to work together but we used to work together and now you have left to greener pastures uh tell us where did you go to right now so now i work at fender and for those of you who don't know and have been living under a rock that is one of the biggest global manufacturers of guitars and guitar amps and now they sell accessories, I believe. Uh, but yeah, it's been great over there, dude. I love the job. Can I, can I ask you, because you are a music aficionado, I don't know if you know this. Are there any uh, famous musicians you know that use Fender or have, have used it in the past? Oh, um, well, I mean... I should have prepped you with this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there's, uh, what is it, a... Uh, Drugs from Big Pink Floyd. Um, Jason Moma actually he gets his bases from here. Um, Jimmy Page also has stopped by. I, no one's heard of, heard of of Pink Floyd and Jimmy Page. <laughs> These people people know. Come on. No, okay, that's that's pretty that's pretty big deal. Pretty pretty cool. Um, and who else stopped by? Uh, oh, John Five. John Five. If you don't know him, I uh, don't. He used to be the guitarist for um, Marilyn Manson, but now okay. he's a solo artist. And Good, because Marilyn Manson is turning out to be a piece of crap. Really? Oh, you haven't heard about this stuff? No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't usually cover this stuff this dark on this podcast, but uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who used to be his girlfriend, uh, has yeah. come out and talked about how he would physically abuse her, sexually abuse her. Oh, my God. Uh, basically hold her prisoner. Uh, stuff like that, and uh, yeah, so he's not a good person. I, I guess it's not that surprising. I've heard other stories in the past, but this is like the more concrete stuff. So uh, yeah, he's a piece of crap. So good thing the guitarist is moving on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he moved on a long time ago. It was he did like a couple albums with him, and then he's been doing his own thing for the like past. I want to say past decade or so, so. Okay, and he's really, really good. He's. Stupid good. I was. Uh, he came and performed live at Fender, oh, yeah? and he was just shredding away and like, like just so on point. Like he's on time, he's on beat, and his hands move so fucking fast. Like it's, I don't know. Like it's like he's treating the fucking thing like it's a, like it's a part of him. Okay. And he's that, stupid good. So that's so you have people actually come in and live perform at your work. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. We don't have that at my work. Yeah, so, um, since I've been working there, that was the first time they, uh, they've had like a live performance by a special guest, um, celebrity musician, show up. Normally, they do it like multiple times a year, but because, you know, the COVID, COVID. thing, yeah, they stopped doing that for the past two years or something like that. But now that everything um, seems to be getting better, uh, they had invited them over and they were gracious enough to come perform. That That's awesome, man. Yeah. So... How did this come about? How did you get the job over there? Because like you were just testing stuff in our testing department to put into our clearance room, and suddenly you were on your way out. Which, by the way, so good that you did that. <laughs> your department got gutted like a month after you left. Oh yeah, I mean it's kind of something we were already suspecting. Um, Emmanuel, our our co- uh, coworker, my roommate. Um, he was suspecting that for about a year beforehand, and 
he he pretty much called it. He said, I think sometime within this year, this coming year, mm-hmm. they're going to start letting people go and they might just completely dismantle this department. Um, and then it, it happened. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, glad I did. Glad I left. Uh, it was kind of just random chance. I just got tired of working there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to move to something better. It was... Place wasn't completely terrible, but it wasn't the greatest either. I was getting paid a decent amount for the amount of, the amount of work I was doing. The work there was pretty fun, but uh, there were some restrictions from like um, management and like uh, I wouldn't say leads and supervisors, but like the upper management. I think uh, it used to be a great place to work, and then after it got sold like about three times, uh, it became a not great place to work because the the upper upper management. Yeah, I like all the supervisors I work with. Yeah. But uh, the people higher up don't care about us. No, absolutely not. It's just a money machine for them. And it became painfully apparent um, by the way the company was being run the past, I don't know, couple years. So were you, were you looking for a new job? Or did someone like hey go like, hey, Fender's hiring. Uh, why don't you apply for that? Uh, I was looking for a job. Okay. Uh, so like, what was it, six months before I left, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to looking for something else. If something shows up, I'll go for it. And if not, like, this isn't too bad of a place to be either. So, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I desperately needed to leave because they were treating me super badly yeah. or I was heavily underpaid. Um, so I found the, the job listing on Indeed, applied for it once, and I didn't hear from them for like six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you thought that, you're, that you applied, didn't happen, oh, well, moving on with your life. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually applied twice because I was like, um, well, maybe they just didn't get it for some reason. Two months later, I applied again and I didn't hear anything from them for them. four months after that. And then finally, I got a call like, uh, I think Stop was, sending us your resume. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> she called and said, hey, are you interested in uh, working for Fenderstone? And I was like, holy fuck, yes, I want to go. Take me out of here. I will leave right now if you need me to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you got... What is your job now? What do you What do you do there? I can't imagine you're like just in accounts. <laughs> nah, uh, it's my official title. There is a tune tester, and what that job uh, is about is you're basically doing like the last part of the process. The guitar is pretty much built. It has all the electronics in it, and now it just needs to dress the nut, uh, put the uh, just the height. Put the strings on it and then just clean it up, polish it, make it look nice and pretty, and then you test it for a little bit. Depending so you need to know instruments to do this job. So they, they, how do how do they interview so you if they, for that? It's really funny you say that because there's a couple people who don't know how to play guitar. Really? And they just all they do is just they put it together, they tune it because to tune it you're using a tuner, an electronic tuner, so you don't have to know the notes by ear. Oh, okay. And then um, once it's fully put together, they just kind of strum it and. Listen to see if, um, listen for any sound coming out of the speaker, and if the sound comes out of the speaker and it sounds like how it should, then they just move it on. Uh, it definitely does help that you uh, know how to play guitar and are familiar with guitars, because that's how uh, I got hired on. During the interview, I told them I've been playing for like ten years, 12, ten plus years. I worked in guitars over at uh, my old job, and I've also fixed and um, oh yeah, just fixed my own guitars and friends' guitars. I continue doing that. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, well, then uh, it seems like you're a perfect fit for this job. He said, I saw the interview other people, but uh, I'll let you know if you get the job. Uh, but he kept reminding me throughout the interview that like he just was impressed with my resume. Okay. Yeah, people, uh, people that customers came into our job, old job, uh, you know, we sell guitars over where we're used to work. Yeah. The customers knew you from that. We still have customers coming in like, hey, do you have that, guitar- that guy that knows guitars? <laughs> 
to help really? us out here. And I'm like, nobody here knows how to play a guitar anymore. That's yep. that's gone. So yeah, I cannot. I was like, I could Google stuff for you, but you're getting it from a, a layman looking stuff up online. You're not really going to get anything good. That sucks. But yeah, I mean, sucks for them. I mean, I, I moved on to better things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, and it's all working out well. You like that job now? The treating you well? It's so good. Uh, they're very patient. Um, if you don't know something, they'll teach you on the spot. Uh, they have no problems teaching anybody anything and accommodating people uh, who need help with the job um since everything's very familiar to me mm -hmm. it wasn't too too difficult uh the only thing was just pacing um the first department i was in they uh their acoustic sonic department they make the brand new guitar that they've uh come out with which is a uh, acoustic electric which normally acoustic electric is literally just an acoustic guitar that you could plug in to um a speaker or amp and it just sends an acoustic signal through the amp but this one is in the shape of like an electric guitar and it's completely wood. It has the um, the sound hole in the middle, and it has a pickup in it as well. Mm -hmm. So you can switch between like having an acoustic sound and switch between like a heavily distorted rock and roll sound. That oh, everyone that's knows. cool. Yeah, and that's I I think they sound great. I think they're super cool. Um, so I did. I worked there for like the first five months, six months that I was there, um, and that was pretty quick pace. Like we were doing, we were pushing out as a team. We were pushing out like. 70 to 80 guitars a day which is more than anyone else in that facility okay and i moved into the next uh department which i was supposed to be in since the beginning the jackson department and they specialize in making all the heavy metal guitars that um uh, metal heads like and they only do like 12 guitars a day so oh, wow. it's that's very different it's a significant change in pace it's super slow compared to the other department and um it's like i have work the past week it's it's normally not like this. Um, they're having some like production issues. So like the the department before us that um, buffs and polishes the guitars and sends it to us, as we're final, we um, we test them, play whatever, uh, put the instruments in it, and then send them off. Okay. After us, once they're, once they're done with us, that's it. Like they go out to the customer. Um, but the department before us is having issues. So we I've been getting work for like half a day, and then the other half I'm just standing around talking to them. I it's mean, been pretty sweet. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so with the, with your new job, uh, has given you left you any time to do your other passion, which is actually your band. If you have any time to do that, yes, yes, yes. See um, that smooth transition that I did there? I wasn't sure if I was able to do that. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. Nice segue. Uh, yeah. So we've been um, we've been practicing. We've been trying to come up with new music. Um, still not released yet. We haven't recorded anything, um, but we're really trying to. Um, uh, just refine these songs. We've had a lot of songs in the back burner mm -hmm. that um, we kind of sort of had pretty much done. They're just not fully fleshed out and structured in a way that we, we would like it. And they probably could have a little more like razzle-dazzle in them. Mm -hmm. um, but we really want to get them done because we want to get out there and perform. Um, yeah, now that venues are actually opening it up again. Exactly, exactly. And there's actually like three places that we uh, sent our, um, our, our Spotify music to. Um, and we're just waiting to hear from them. Uh, one that I'm really hoping we get into is the uh, Orange County Fair or, or Pasadena Fair. I forget which one it is, but it's a pretty big festival. There's like they have a bunch of vendors, have a bunch of food. Um, lots and lots of people go. When I went, uh, my girlfriend, my girlfriend Lulu took me uh, not too long ago. Oh, oh, it was like maybe half a year ago. Oh, excuse me. It's all right. <laughs> and uh, there's people performing, and I mean. 
I'm not gonna say they sucked. Uh, you can just tell they're amateurs. They were good. They were okay. Good. But you can tell like this is like they haven't performed that often. They haven't refined their craft. Yeah. They also it's, might just be be rusty from COVID. True. True. Yeah. It could be that as well. Um, and uh, they had a huge crowd. Like there was a bunch of people watching them. And I thought, man, like if if they can perform, then we could probably get in here to perform. Have you uh, have you performed for like? there's two different scenarios I've seen for, for performers. Mm -hmm. There's ones where they perform to a crowd that knows them or is there specifically for them. And there's also one where like you're performing <laughs> in a venue and they don't know who you are and you have to grab their attention. Have you had to do both of those? Uh, absolutely. So we're not a big band by any means. We're not known by anybody other than like our friends and uh, relatives. And normally when we have shows, that's the kind of people we're seeing on our shows is our friends that support us and our family members that uh, come and support us. Uh, but there have been shows where we go, we don't know anybody there in the audience. And uh, I think what's worse is when you go perform in a show and they don't give you many details. Like you're going to like a show at a, at a bar or something and it's, uh, it's just this local band is organizing it and they need bands to fill in the spots mm -hmm. so the bar can have a whole like night full of music. So you go... And it's not until you get there and you listen to everyone perform and you're like the last one up, like, oh, damn, we're the odd one out because everyone here is a punk band uh, and we're over here doing like, I don't know, like alternative 90s style music and this is not what the crowd is waiting to hear. That's hard. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, we have maybe like one or two punkish songs, but uh, yeah, that, that show wasn't, um, not saying it was terrible. But you could tell they weren't too amused with this. <laughs> so I, I've had it from a different perspective. I had never done music, but I've done live comedy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we get to a venue, sometimes we don't know what other things are going to be playing. We play with, like, bands going on after us, and they're oh, not wow. there for comedy. Or we've done it where, like, other comedy teams are there, but we have very drastically different styles. <laughs> uh, like, frankly, some of those teams sucked. Oh, man. Uh, so the worst comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> but then, like, the owner... Uh, like the, the worst one we ever saw was this, this group called Chameleons of Comedy, which I guess they call themselves that because they hide their comedy very well. Uh, uh. But the owner of the bar was like, I used to be in that group, but you know they didn't think I was funny enough, so they kicked me out because I still wanted to perform there. And they didn't understand the basic rules of improv. Like they pulled a, me up from the audience. They didn't know I was on a team, and like my team pushed me up on there. And they put the entire <laughs> they put the entire uh, if you pull up an audience member, they're not supposed to do that much. They're, you're supposed okay, to give okay. them like a word or something like that or an action to do, but the comedy should rest on you, the performer. Exactly, yes. That's what I would assume as well. They, they told me to do an interpretive dance and they were going to do something with it. They didn't do jack. I was trying to find a way to make funny with an interpretive dance. So they dance rested the entire performance on, on me. you. And they were just going to feed off and of it, that. But they didn't even feed off of it. So I was just doing everything. And these are the ones that the owner was like, we're... They're so good. They're so good. No. And like, no. I was like, if they weren't good enough, if she wasn't good enough to be on that group, I want to see her do comedy. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's hard when you don't when it's not your people there. It's a whole different experience. Yeah, it's kind of rough. It's kind of rough. Uh, we went to another one in uh, in Hollywood, Whiskey a Go Go, which okay, that's a well known place. Yes. I was going to say, if you don't know, a lots of big name bands have performed there. Um, well, we went on like a Wednesday night and uh, they were just doing this just to make money. So what they did was, it was one of those pay to play I was going to ask if that was it because I have a friend that did that before. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't that bad. It mm -hmm. was like a total of 
20 tickets. So, I mean, between the four of us or five of us, I'd say four tickets per person. That's easy. Like, just, mm -hmm. you know what? Just buy this ticket for me. You don't have to show up just as long as we don't have to owe the money. And, it, and that's what we did. And then we ended up getting, like, paid, like, 100 bucks, which oh, is nice. a lot. But, I mean, at least that covers gas. Just yeah, exactly. And when you're starting out, that's all you want to do is, like, make enough that you can, they're not paying to do it if possible. Yeah. And we were, initially, when we got offered that, because uh, they hit us up on Instagram, um, they hit us up to go. We were like, no, I don't know if we want to do that. As we were discussing it, we had said no. Because we had to, done a previous one, one at Chain Reaction. And that was just terrible. Like, the venue wasn't that great. Um, I mean, actually, the, the show was awesome. Uh, a lot of, uh, a couple other bands went. They were, like, not big, big bands, but they weren't small either. They were, had, like, a decent following. Okay. We were probably the lesser-known band there. And uh, that one was fun. Like, the band that went on before us, their audience members stayed. So, when mm -hmm. we went to go perform, there was a good, like, I don't know, maybe 30, 50 people. And uh, they totally loved us. Like, everything nice. we did, they were super into it. So you it. won them over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was cool. And then after that night, we had gotten a couple followers on our social media. So that was that was cool. Just that we had to sell way more tickets than the one at uh, Whisker Google. And my friend, my drummer, actually struggled trying to sell. So he had to pay, like, almost $100 out of his own pocket just for the tickets. Oh, so wow. after that, we said, we said, no, we're never doing another pay-to-play show. But... Because it was Whisky Go Go and the band that was going to perform there, they had a, a huge, huge following. Mm -hmm. And they had like, I think, 4K people on their Facebook, like, I don't know, some 10K on Instagram, and like 100,000 uh, list, monthly listeners on Spotify. So we figured, oh, if we go, there's going to be a fuck ton of people there to go watch us. We should do it. We didn't really like their music, but we figured, whatever, just do yeah. it. Let's do it. No one was there. Real yeah, oh, yeah. It sucks. There was no one there. There was just, just the people we invited, a few people that all the other bands invited, and then that was it. It was like maybe ten people in the crowd. Well, I think people don't always know that online doesn't always translate into real life. Yeah, yeah. Something, something my comedy group uh, touted a lot of time. I'm gonna out how how bullshit it actually was right now. <laughs> uh, was there was this thing oh, no. called uh, uh, where uh, my Fox LA had this thing online, mm -hmm. where basically they would do like the rankings of the best different things in Orange County. Okay, okay. And so my team won best improv comedy group in Orange County two years in a row Good on my shit. Fox LA. A little bit, but it was mainly <laughs> like, okay, they don't keep really keep track of the team. You submit yourself and then you're going up against the other people there. Three of the teams are just ones that had repeated and didn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. And then it was just us versus one other team, really. Us versus other group called Improv Schmimprov, who became <laughs> our... Oh, they still exist. Uh, they became okay. our mortal enemies for years because of this. Uh, we spent so much trash talk between these teams. Oh, my God. But anyways, <laughs> it turned into, like, I don't think all the votes were people that actually seen us. It was just a marketing campaign. We're going to every single person that we knew trying to oh, raise up those votes. Okay, okay. And, like, people that are stay, and, you know, some people are just, you know, more friendly. I, I'll be honest. I didn't generate a lot of people because I'm not very outgoing. <laughs> I talked to my family, and I'm sure they voted for it, and that's about it. I some All my friends were in the comedy group. So, like, I didn't do that much, but everyone else, they were, like, so competitive and so intent. They were, we did such a good job on marketing ourselves, even though nobody came to our shows, that Schmimprov was like, oh, they have a bot. <laughs> they were convinced that we were hacking our way into it. Oh, wow. I mean, that's pretty impressive. But it, it doesn't, but it does not mean anything. But I, I still think our comedy group was a very good comedy group, and there was a, there was a peak period where we were selling out 
100 seat theater every show. Oh. It oh, eventually yeah. dropped considerably for, I think, poor business management by the guy that was in head of our group. And I told him he was doing it poorly, but I he didn't listen to me. But there was a peak around 2012, 2011. We were fucking awesome. And then we stayed a little longer than that. Oh, man. That, that reminds me of uh, when uh, we were competing. My friend told me about it. He was the one running the, not running the show, but helping run um, or produce the show. I don't know what the hell his position was. But it was a show on PBS. I think I told you this about yes. this in the last podcast. That's all right. People don't remember everything. I repeat myself a lot. Okay. Um, and, uh, well, long story short, uh, we were doing this. In order to get on it, it was a popularity contest with, like, five other bands or something like that and we had a huge lead and all it was was just anyone could vote once a day mm-hmm. and we have like 350 votes and the second place had like 90 votes and we still had like a month to go before the show actually um declared the winner mm-hmm. so we're like oh yeah we're gonna go on we're gonna get on this we're gonna perform we're gonna get famous and shit <laughs> and uh COVID happened so mm-hmm. then that went out the window but that one sounds a little bit more legit than just us bugging people to vote over and over and never see us. <laughs> um, I, I suppose. I mean, it was I was bugging people. We were all bugging our friends and stuff to go do it. And it was honestly very, um, very nice to see the support because we didn't have a huge following at the time. It was, like I said, just our friends um, supporting us and following us. And to see that much support, I was... I think when you're starting out, a lot of the... You're looking for credentials to add on to, like, oh, we played at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Yeah, Because people yeah. that don't know about pay-to-play just go, oh, this band We're played at, at the, the Whiskey, Whiskey A Go-Go. Go-Go. Yes, Same thing, yes. like, with us. Like, we knew that that would be a great thing to say. We won My Fox LA's Best Improv Team in Orange County. <laughs> that sounds like something. Yes, yes. It yes, wasn't, yes. but it sounded like something. And so, like, yeah, you just need those credentials. And then, you know, eventually, you if you're good enough and you're ran not like a dickhead, you you might take it somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing with um, working at Fender. Whenever I tell, when they ask me and I tell them where I work, they're like, oh, my God, you work at fucking Fender? Oh, yeah. No, you it sounds amazing. amazing. That's so cool. I'm so jealous of you. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's cool. It's still a job. <laughs> You're not rocking all all day and every and what partying every night or whatever the fuck the kiss said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a cool job. It's a very nice job. It's not a honestly. Um, I thought I'd be doing a whole lot more, which mm-hmm. that did make me nervous and it stressed me out a little bit. But uh, it's not. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Do you, do you think there is opportunity for you to uh, go higher up in the company and make some connections? Honestly, no. Oh, um, that sucks. The mo- yeah, the more I'm, like, talking to people and the more I see certain things happen, I'm like, oh, it doesn't seem like there's too much wiggle room to get up. Because um, they're also kind of struggling with uh, with the pandemic, but not in the way you think. There's lots of people there who, like, are refusing to get vaccinated. Uh, they fight the whole mask thing. And so there's this whole tension between the workers and management, whether mm-hmm. or not they might get fired or whether they're going to leave. And if they do leave, there may be spots available, but if they don't leave, then uh, it's, I don't know. It's like this whole lot of political red tape Ugh. happening. And so there's not, they're not, fo- so the reason why I bring it up is because they're not focusing so much on promoting. They're focusing most so much on control. Oh, okay. From what so it sounds like. The higher ups don't care about vaccination and stuff like that. Or is there people lower down not caring about that stuff? Honestly, it's from what it sounds like. It's mostly people. Um, they're, so the, what they're called is the master builders. And I think that's who they um, 
they're the most against. Because most of them are like older gentlemen. Mm-hmm. They're like in their 50s, yeah. 60s, 70s who have been working there for like, I don't know, since Fender first started or something. And uh, they're the ones who I'm assuming a little more like on the conservative side. Yeah. And, uh, Even though if they're the older gentlemen, they're also the more at risk than the younger people. Yeah, yeah, which... It surprises me that a lot of the older people are in at that workplace are the ones who are more against it. But also, yeah. I, I also would picture uh, you know Fender, rock and roll. I picture that a little bit more lovely. But there are definitely some some people that are anti-mask and, and vaccine and stuff. Oh, yeah, like that. yeah, absolutely. Van Morrison, Clapton, they're very outspoken about how mad they are about the way things very, are. Very, Meatloaf very, was very, very mad before he died. <laughs> so yeah, I get that. No, I get I. I where I work, you know, we're used to work. Yeah. Lots of conservative people work in our area. Yep. Go to our area. Yep. And I'm still, look, so the mask mandate's no longer a thing in where we work, so everybody's taking off their mask. Yeah, likewise. I still want to wear my mask and I deal with the public. Mm-hmm. So, like, they come in there and they see me wearing the mask and they see my coworkers not and go, and I get, I get, like, why are you still wearing your mask? Why is it in your business? I'm letting. I'm Don't not. Worry about it. I'm not talking to you about the fact that you're an old dude that should probably be wearing a mask because you're gonna die if you get it. But you can leave me alone, even though I'm probably gonna be perfectly fine if I get it. I just feel more comfortable this way. And what's most how does it affect you? Most ironic about that uh, question is that the people typically asking you why you're wearing it are the same people saying that oh, it's about freedom. Yeah. One hundred percent. Right now, it's it's more about freedom than even when the mask mandates existed. Yeah. Because yeah. I am choosing to wear the mask. It's not being forced on me. I'm not forcing it on you. You live your life. I'll live mine. Why does it bug, bug you? Why yeah. is this even a thing? Yeah. But yeah, COVID's stupid. It's been a horrible past couple yeah. years for everybody. I, it's stupid. Take it seriously, but like people's reactions to it. <laughs> Let me change that because I, I think it's something you should take seriously. It's affecting a lot of people in horrible ways. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, was there anything you want uh, want to plug show or anything like that before we move on to the next segment? Um, I don't have any shows lined up yet because uh, we're still waiting to hear on them. But I would like to uh, talk about uh, streaming. I stream. I try to game. I try to uh, do uh, music live as well when I stream. It's uh, Twitch.tv slash kylo bird k-y-l-o-b-i-r-d uh i typically do it wednesdays and thursdays i sometimes do it on the weekends uh if i do do it on another day other than wednesday thursdays i, I just announce it um but uh it's usually around 5 p.m because that's the time i got well i think the next time i have you on we'll definitely delve more into that but mm. i'm just gonna ask you one question before i move into the next thing i didn't know you did that uh What's your game of choice? Apex Legends. Apex Legends. 100%. Okay. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. So check that out. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So next thing I'm going to do is a segment I keep getting made fun of because I don't have a name for it. <laughs> if you have a suggestion for the name of the segment we always do at this time, please send it to me at UnlicensedPod on Twitter or go to Unlicensed Entertainment on Facebook. But send me your suggestions. I'm happy to hear them. Right now, it's my thoughts on entertainment. And it's basically where I talk about things that I had watched recently. Not a review. This is more like observations I made about all of cinema or TV in general based on something I've watched recently. Yeah, little tidbits, little opinions, little thoughts. So uh, I've mentioned this a few times on the show, but I have a thing where if I start something, I have to finish it. Even if I go through like bad things. (laughs) So like I started watching all the animated Disney movies in order from when they came out to present. And so I am now up to Moana. So I'm almost done. But I was watching that, and there's a scene sequence in there where she, she goes off on her raft, 
and the waves knock her over, and she gets she's underneath the water, her foot gets stuck, and she's struggling to get out of there because she's going to drown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she looks around, and she sees a stone that's big enough to grab and break the thing that's holding her and get out from there. Every movie, it seems like everyone forgets that when you're underwater, you can't see shit. <laughs> Unless you're wearing goggles, you can't see. But there's people that have this full and romantic, like, sign language conversations without goggles underwater in movies. And don't seem to notice that you wouldn't see anything but blur. It's, it's so dumb. It's also, it also stings your eyes a lot. Because yeah. of all the salt in the water. I oh, She's in the freaking ocean, so it's way worse than even just a swimming pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I mean... Maybe people who swim more often are are have a bigger tolerance for it, but I don't know. I don't Even think then. you. I don't think humans have adapted past my eyes sting when things get into it. <laughs> I don't care how well versed you are with the waters. I think you learn early on. Oh, I don't open my mouth, my eyes up in the ocean. <laughs> also, the ocean water is not crystal clear. No, it's. I mean, they're in kind of like the Hawaiian Islands kind of thing, so it does look better than it does where we live in California, where you go yeah. to the ocean. And it smells bad, and it looks like crap. Because <laughs> I didn't know this until recently. So, like, a few years ago, my wife and I on our honeymoon went to Sydney, Australia. And, you know, it's right on the water. Yeah. And it didn't smell like the ocean. There was no stench. There's no smell at all. You didn't really? smell anything. And I was like, this is so weird, because we're standing on the dock, and you don't smell the water. So, like, our... We just gotten used to oh the water is so unusual. The ocean's supposed to be like this, but oh, it's just might just be over here, maybe in uh, in New York or something like that. But not, it's not everywhere. Dude, that's, that's a us thing. That's so bad. That's so bad because there's always like some sort of. I mean, it, it doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell bad, but definitely has a strong smell. But 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 to go to another location in the world where there's another body of, of ocean and not smell anything. That's just that, something about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That says something. I, I just wonder, like, what the fuck is making it smell then? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly it just smells salty. So maybe it's just something different in their area. Their, their, their beaches are more rocky than ours are. Maybe mm. that's it. I don't know. But it was just so weird to me. Maybe the coral in their reefs are more alive and yeah. functioning than ours. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, so I don't know what their waters are like. So I'll give them that. But I'm still saying it's ridiculous. Something else I've noticed a lot. I didn't watch this recently, but I was talking about this show recently and it reminded me of it. Uh, like shows like Scrubs. Uh, the main character will be having a conversation. Something will strike his interest and he'll phase out and have a fantasy. And then he'll come and someone will have to snap him back in. And it's a common trope in TV shows and movies that there'll be a character like that. What, like a Christmas story or something like that. And uh -huh. like, have you ever met a person when you're having a conversation who is an intelligent person? Because the guy, Zach Braff and Scrubs, is intelligent. Yeah, they're not dumb. He's a freaking doctor. They're not empty-headed. Uh, have you ever met anyone in real life that does that in mid-conversation, zones out, and you have to get them back in? <laughs> uh, I would figure something's wrong with this person. I, that's usually me, quite honestly, because I start thinking... Usually when I sort of struggle of uh, what to say, and I start thinking of what it is I'm trying to say, and then I imagine it in my head, and then I start zoning out and thinking about the things that are related to it, and I'm like, oh, shit. I will like come back to the conversation. I will sometimes, especially uh, like on an interview show like this, will sometimes be like trying to think of what I'm going to say next and do that a little bit, tune out what they're saying, being mm -hmm. a terrible interviewer, <laughs> not living in the moment, and do that. But I feel like if you did it like Zach Braff does, or you would think there's something wrong with this. Yeah, I, you might phase out a little bit, but people can tell that. But there's never like 
constantly every day. You're having a whole ass like five minute sketch and you in need your to be head. snapped back in. That's they, you have serious mental problems if you have that. That'd be so weird seeing that doing um, in person. I mean, I'm not terrible to that extreme, but to have someone do that to that extent right in front of you. And they just don't respond for like the next two minutes. I uh, yeah, I would it, be pretty weirded out. It'd be like just imagine you were a grocery store worker doing that. They're ringing you up, and then you say something <laughs> to them that strikes a fantasy. Uh, you wouldn't be able to. You get fired. You're like hello, hey hello. Somebody Hi. somebody's uh you know coding in in Scrubs, and they're just like stuck in fantasy land. They don't know those people running by them. This guy needs to get shock alert. Clear, and he's just staying there with his hands on the patient because he's not paying attention. <laughs> it's a, it's very bad to be a doctor like that. All right. So the other one I saw is um. This is I I'm not gonna say I'm the first person to ever think about this one. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so I'm not gonna claim that, but it's definitely something I think about, especially when I watch superhero movies. Uh, and Batman is a big one that does this. Is because okay. Some superheroes like Spider-Man, he's put on the costume very quick. You just throw a mask on, you go out there. It's all, all underneath the suit. But Batman, he puts on this complex costume. Elaborate costume, yes. And he takes the time to put on makeup around his <laughs> eyes. So let, so he, you don't see it in the movies. Like he just like, he'll, Bruce Wayne will run out and then suddenly he's dropping down from the skylight in the same building if like Riddler jumps in there. But in real life... What he's doing is he's leaving there, he's getting out of his costume, he's stopping to look in the mirror, put on his makeup to go in there. People are going to die. And this superhero's like, I gotta get this just right. And that's so it's so distracting to think about. It completely ruins a moment for me. There's, but, a, there's a TikTok completely um, acting out that entire thought. Yeah. This chick's like, it's, oh, it's captioned, oh, uh, when the when you see the bat singer in the sky and you're Batman, she's like running into the bathroom, scurrying, scrambling, grabbing her like a black eyeshadow makeup, just like spank, painting all over her face, and then she's like running out the, the door. The yeah. the biggest cheat I've ever seen for this, and watch Batman Returns. It's a great movie, but this is this is such a cheat. So have you seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the end of the movie, Michael Keaton takes off his mask and talks to Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Moments before he has the eyeliner on underneath the mask, you could see it, or not eye, eye makeup, whatever it is, he put around the eyes, a black yeah, yeah, yeah. shadow. I'm not familiar eyeshadow, with that. Eyeshadow, whatever it is. Uh, right when he's about to take off his mask, he's suddenly not wearing it. You can see that. Because they didn't want to have a, have a scene with that with with just the with dark the, circles in his eyes. It would have been more realistic. I think it would have been a better choice because it's super distracting. Like where to go? Did you like ball the camera shot over to Catwoman to just like wipe it down really quick? You know, they probably did shoot it once, at least once, with him having the dark circles on his eyes. And they were like immediately, no, no, no. He looks like a raccoon. I, I don't think this is going to work. But it's Tim Burton. You think he would go for, that looks so goth. <laughs> you think he'd go, that looks great for my movies. I can see Schumacher going against that because his stuff is all bright and colorful. And he just wanted that. But emo Batman works with Tim Burton. So you know, why didn't he? It would be cool if he did it like uh, Robert Pattinson where it's like, smeared over yeah. his, his eyes. Well, at least with Pat- Pattinson, he, I guess it kind of looks like... He already looks like an emo boy. He looks like an emo boy. <laughs> he, uh, in that version, he doesn't really do much as Bruce Wayne. So he's pretty much always ready to just throw the, the hood on over and get out there. So it's not as bad with him. Mm-hmm. But still, there's a little bit, like when he's at a funeral or something like that and then some shit goes down, there's still a little bit of like, now he has to go get ready. <laughs> the worst one I think is like is Superman because... He, although he doesn't wear the makeup, yeah, he's yeah. so worried about his secret identity. 
but and when people are in trouble, he's trying to find a way. Okay, I have to save this person, but I have to do it in a way that they don't know that Superman did it because I'm dressed up as Clark Kent. So you're gonna let this person die. You're practically invincible <laughs> if you can't think of a way around it. Oh my god! And what's crazy about him is that well, I always thought that his disguise was kind of dumb because it's just him wearing the glasses with that's it. It's just yeah. glasses. But there's like. I can't remember where this was, but supposedly there's like a scientific study where like, if you just subtly put a cap, like, uh, put a cap on or wear some glasses or whatever, or even, even to change your clothes, you can throw off people that aren't, aren't really paying attention to, to what you're trying to do. I think it would work for almost everyone except for the people he works with. Because they see Clark every you day. You see him all the time, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know his big thing is that's why he makes Clark so dopey and so... Not not dumb, but clumsy. Yeah, clumsy. And, uh, uh, you know, he's he's very afraid and he's kind of a coward in a way. So they make him so, like, no way would this guy be Superman. But, like, they're up in his face. Lois is flying around with Superman all the time. She's face-to-face. She with had him. to She's know, She's inches dude. from his she face and she can't tell. No way she didn't know. Hell, I just read a comic right now where... Uh, it's in the Justice League where Lex Luthor figured out who Batman was. He still has not figured out who Superman is, but he figured out, he who, figured out who Batman, Batman was. Batman oh has one God. of the better costumes of superheroes, I think. I mean, he kind of gives himself away by riding around with Robin, who wears a terrible <laughs> costume. But if he didn't have Robin there, you think that I can't tell it's Robert Pattinson under there. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's fully disguised, fully disguised. And he even changes, well, I mean, I don't know if that's done in the... I mean, kind of changes his voice. He kind of deepens his voice. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And he's a little more stern. He doesn't go Christian Bale or you can't understand what he's saying. Exactly. He doesn't do that, but he does kind of change his voice a little bit. So, yeah, fully disguised. I would agree. Okay. Uh, here's one. I've th- I might have talked about this before, but I'm not sure if I have or not. And I don't keep track of what I've talked about. Uh-huh. But this is something I've thought about for a long time. Is that superhero movies, or lots of movies in general, but like I'll say more, lean more towards superhero movies don't have the epic theme song anymore. Like, Batman, Tim Burton has a theme song. Yeah, yeah. Christian Reeves' Superman has a theme song. Indiana Jones has a theme song. Star Wars has an epic theme song. Everyone knows these. Now, the, 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 the Batman that just came out... The more recent ones. ...has a decent score, but I can't say I know I can remember or would even right after the movie was over go like, oh, I know the theme to that movie. Yeah, that's what I've noticed as well. It seems like uh, modern movies are shifting away and trying to come up with an entire melody that's catchy and will stick in your head and now they're trying to come up with more atmospheric sort of uh it's still it's still emotionally appealing it's good uh, it's still good uh but it's meant to be just to be played while something is something's visually I, happening i miss the theme song yeah mission yeah. impossible great theme song james bond great theme song these things bring you to the movies and get, i have a soundtrack a playlist on my uh, on spotify of just movie and TV themes that I love, not words, just the just the it's the ones that that's just score, and it's awesome. I love listening to it, and they don't do that anymore. Even Avengers, they have one, but I didn't, it was so subtle. I didn't even realize it was a thing until Infinity War. Yes, 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 because they bring it they bring it about uh, bring it up multiple times throughout the uh, different movies. But it's again, it's subtle. It's more in the background. Not really meant to be as grandiose as the ones they did before. Bring that back. Um, Hollywood, I know you're listening to this podcast. Bring <laughs> it back. Fun fact that I learned about the uh, the music, the musical, the theme for uh, Mission Impossible. The tempo, I found out, is in 5-4. I don't know what that means. So, it means it's five beats of quarter notes. One, two, three. 
three, four, five. It's ba 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 ba. Wow, I can't even do it. One, two, three, four, five. It's hard to do at the same time. I'm screwing okay. it up right now. Yeah. But I learned that and I had never knew about the tempo of it. And I, it always struck me as a little odd when I tried um, humming it. And I just recently watched a video like a week ago talking about how cool the uh, the composer, the composer's name was, came up with the music for it. And I uh, came up with the, uh, not came up with it, but decided to go with that tempo with it. So what is, what is... As a non-music person, I don't understand what's significant about that. Why is that significant? So, um, most music typically follows like a 4-4, four, four, which is just 1, 2, 3, 4. It's easy. It's natural. It feels mm -hmm. it feels comfortable to work with. And uh, when you change up the tempo, uh, it becomes more appealing to the ear because it's it's odd. It's unnatural. It'll so stand out to you. It's, it stands out more. So, you're more inclined to be like, oh, wow, this, is, this sounds interesting, more interesting than... Uh, other music that theme song it, and it's an old theme song because that Mission Impossible is based on a TV show from the 60s mm -hmm. and it was the same theme song then as it is now. they may have punched it up a little bit yeah 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 but it's base. it's the same basic same theme song same basic thing yeah and it's so good back then they made some good theme songs like I've never seen an episode of Hawaii Five O, but that theme song <laughs> Awesome theme song. It's a banger. It's so good. It's I love so it. So freaking good. Never, that's on my theme song list. Never seen an episode. Don't know any of the characters' names. I don't. I don't. I know it takes place in Hawaii, and I know it has cops. And and that's, that's all I know. It. That's all I know. He's like, that's all I need to know. Okay, here's another thing. So I'm, I've been rewatching. I'm not rewatching. It's a new show, so it's not rewatching. I've been watching the show Picard on uh, uh, Star Trek Picard on Paramount oh, Plus. Oh, cool. How is it? It's 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 good, not great. Okay, okay. They okay. could they could get rid of like two cast members, and I think it would go up to great because there's two cast members. Every time they talk, it brings the show down. Oh no! Uh, and they're pretty significant characters. Uh, I think someone's. Uh, anyway, I'm not doing a review on it. And, but um, <laughs> I I don't know if anyone else has his thoughts. When you're watching a show with a very old very important lead mm -hmm. is anyone worried that he's gonna die before it's gonna finish yeah i've had the same thoughts same thoughts on uh i mean some of the members uh, of uh, doctor who well at least doctor who if, it, if, the, if the doctor <laughs> dies i mean that's literally they, they can just write it and say oh that's that's practically why they did it in the first place so yeah, that, that's right, huh? So if you go back to 19, 1960s uh, with William Hartnell, he's playing the Doctor, and his, this is back when they had, you think they don't have budget now, they had no budget then. And basically, you would have about one take per scene. So you could see flubs and stuff like that. And he started getting sick, and his mind wasn't as sharp as it used to be. Mm -hmm. And so he would start flubbing lines more and more and more because oh. he just wasn't th as there anymore. Yeah. And so yeah. He, they had to figure out that well, the show was the most popular thing on the BBC at the time. So they had, they came up with the gimmick of oh, he changed his appearance, and then, and then they just wrote that in there like mid fourth season, and just continue the show like that. And that was the best part of uh, or the best thing a writer could have come up with for a show <laughs> yeah, who would have ever thought that oh he's an alien we don't know they didn't have Gallifrey back then they didn't mm -hmm. have the term Time Lord 
He was just a guy, an old dude. You didn't know if he was an alien or a human or anything like that. He's very little was explained about him. He's an old guy flying around in a ship with his granddaughter. <laughs> and then they just threw that in there and changed up history. And now the show's still going on. It started the day before, no, sorry, the day after JFK got shot. It's when the oh, first episode wow. premiered. It's been going on that long. It's still on TV. I knew it was long, but I didn't know it was that mm-hmm. long. God damn. So yeah, that was one of the most brilliant things ever. It's just because, yeah, the old guy... But they can't do that with Picard. <laughs> and the show's title character is going to... They can only do a Doctor Who. He's no so one else can do that. Old, yeah. Another another actor that comes to mind, actually, is uh, Samuel Jackson. He's in pretty old, too. And he's going to be doing the... In, what is it? Uh, the Invasion show? Secret, secret, uh, secret Invasion. There we yeah. go. Secret Invasion. Yeah, but that's like a mini-series. So they're, they could do that and then just be done with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like even... Like, Nick Fury is so weird in the way they've used in the MCU that if he never showed up again, fine. It would be fine. Okay, yeah. I I, I, I love Samuel L. Jackson. I, I forget that he's getting old because he looks the same he now looks, as he did when I, when I yeah. first saw him in Pulp Fiction. Dude, he looks great for his age. Super good. Patrick Stewart looks great, but when he talks, that's when you hear, <laughs> oh... He's really old. And it happened fast, because uh, we're going to talk about it later, but we recently rewatched a movie from 2016 with him, and he still sounds great. Picard... He sounds old. He sounds really old. Oh he doesn't God. sound... He's not as quite as good as an actor as he used to be, because I think just age is affecting his skill. Yeah. Uh, yeah which happens. Which happens. happens. I think he's one of the great... Uh, he's a great actor. But, you know, he's he's so... I think he's in his 80s now. Yeah, which, I mean, it happens to the best of us. It happens yeah. to everybody. Yeah, no, age I'm not... catches it, up with everybody. I admire his work ethic that he's still working this long. And if anyone is worried about this, they have already filmed the third and final season. Even though the second season's going, they've already filmed the third and final season. Oh, so he's okay. not going good. to die. But when they announced it, I was just like, this is a good idea, but no cliffhangers. It should be like self-contained episodes. And it was a little bit cliffhanger. He's like, what are you guys doing to me? <laughs> what if he dies? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's another thing about that I realized when I was watching Picard. And I've known in other things, but I'm not really good at getting examples that I can remember. But future tech does not always look convenient. So, like, in the in the in Picard, the show the ship that they ride around in, it's not like a full-on Federation ship, it's like a personal ship one guy owns. Oh, okay, okay. And instead of but even I'd say even with old Star Trek ships, this applies as well. They don't steer it with like a like a steering wheel or a rod or something like that. On the old ones, they do it like a panel or like the typing turn here. And then they just okay. But in in you, do you not watch Star Trek? Very little. Okay. I know very little of the show. Okay, I've watched every single show of Star <laughs> Trek, and there's like six or seven. Uh, but anyways, in the new one, what they have is they have a holographic display come up. This not that's not solid. So like something will come up around your fingers that lights up, and it's not there. It's just lights. And that's how you control the ship. I'm moving your hand around so, with these non-solid lights on there. So they're doing uh, gestures. You're doing gestures with like something with a light attached to your hand. Okay. And that's how you're flying the ship around. So you don't have like, like when you're driving your car, you have a steering wheel. You can kind of rest your arms. You can hold yourself on there. You're not holding your arm up all the time. You kind of hold using a steering wheel to oh, hold so on to. Oh, you have to hold your arm up and it gets, if it gets tired, yeah. you're like, oh, you have nothing. Boy, if, you, if you get tired, your hand's just going to go down and the <laughs> ship's going to go crazy. <laughs> That's not that's not a good design. 
That's terrible. Maybe the, this maybe is the, the future. We'll recognize when your arms, like when your muscles, have too much lactic acid. But why in would it they or... do that? Why would you design it like that? <laughs> Just put a steering wheel or a rod or something like that in there. Or maybe he has like a personal assistant that comes and holds Again, his arm up. Again, <laughs> why? You're coming up with all these solutions to the problem that your arm gets tired. Why make the your arm get tired? The problem shouldn't be there in the first place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's a terrible design. Okay. It's, it's the future. We don't know. We're not there yet. Maybe in the future, people's arms don't, don't get, get tired. tired. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, and one more thing. So I was, re- I was watching this show. I keep almost saying rewatching. This is another new thing. This just finished right now, so I don't know how I, well, I'm saying rewatching. I was watching, watching, just regular watching the show Euphoria. Have you seen that show? No, but I should get into it. I've heard so many good things about it. It's a great show. I love it. Uh, it's fucked up as hell, and you need to have a high tolerance <laughs> for fucked upness. So it's a great show. Oh, I'm, I'm good. But uh, the, season two, one of the main characters is basically writing a play about her own life, and the finale is basically showing uh, using flashbacks of the characters, super backed up by showing scenes from the play of people playing the characters. It's really well done. But the budget for this play is insane. They have like a rotating stage. Oh they my have, god! Like there's a scene like she's walking, she's walking through the school, she's going by lockers, and instead of just having her walk back and forth and imagining it, the lockers are rotating. So and people are staying all around the circle of it, and just it's the scene going by as her walking. The lockers <laughs> actually, the lockers are actually moving, and then they have like 15 different sets. They have people like flying through the air. They have like. They have a really graphic scene that would not be in a school where people are coming everywhere and they have like fake oh my cum <laughs> flying around. And it's just like, okay, I know from personal experience, I also in high school wrote, Same here. directed, well, I didn't write, but... and starred in my own play. My budget was we have some chairs, we have some desks, <laughs> and we have imagination. I didn't get because. And maybe we're getting lunch from the director. From no, the, uh, I was the director. Teacher. No, we had, we had nothing. And I guess my play fucking sold out. My play was popular, besides the fucking ending, which my co-writer fucked that up and argued that to be in wow. there. Terrible ending. Lame. People have put Did that... they hate you? Was that why? No, he was, he was my friend at the time. Not anymore. But anyways... Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no budget whatsoever. People, by the way, still put on that play... Years after I left the high school, really, wow! I got messages from people that said, "Oh, we put on your play." That so must, it was. It was. That must be great. For it was a ego. decent play. Yeah, <laughs> I was very proud of it. Uh, it was making. It was about my experience as a high school teacher, a school student. I wrote all my bad teachers into one character and made that the star of the play. I thought that was really cool. That's I was so happy cool. I did yeah, that. So but cool. like, I didn't get. I didn't get budget. Like all we had were chairs and this, a wooden block. This and it's happened before. You've ever seen the movie Rushmore? It also has a guy putting on a school play, and such a big budget. And these schools, you know, like lots of schools have a problem where they put all their budget in just to the football team, the guys' football yeah, team. It's all the budget. Usually, what happens? Yes. This school, they do not care about the football players. All the budget goes <laughs> Went to, to the, the drama, drama department. department. Yep. We have the best drama department in the state. Even in uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, when um, he's writing his play and he, he finally gets funded to do to do the show, even then, they're just using chairs. Yeah, because that's based on a real guy. Yeah, yeah. So they showed what it's actually like, that, that you don't get the budget for this stuff he if you're not a, a big a person. He doesn't get a rotating stage. He doesn't get, like, trip wires to fly people around, which, I mean, that, that he didn't need that. Yeah. But he's still going to get the money for it. So in my, if you wanted to. in high school, I was also cast in the lead. 
I'd say one lead. I, I'm gonna say the lead. It's an ensemble, but I'm gonna say my character was the lead. Uh, right. Play called Noises Off, and in that play, it's a play about putting on a play. And it, so the first act takes place, you know, on like a regular stage. You see, you know, because we're, we're doing it on the set of the fake play within the play. Mm-hmm. Second st- second act takes place backstage. Now, what you're supposed to do is you are supposed to rotate the stage so like so the, you can see the back. So you can see the back. But we didn't have the budget for that because we're a high school drama yeah, department. You don't get that. Exactly. But the behind the theater was the gymnasium. You could open that up to there. So what we did oh, was we moved cool. the entire audience out of the theater, <laughs> put up folding chairs in the gym, and they had to move to the gym to watch the second act. And then the third act, we had to move them back again and to they the were front. Willing to do that, they're, they got. They're up? seeing their they're seeing their kids in a play. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. So they're they're willing to do that. <laughs> that's the kind of budget a high school has. They do not have this rotating bullshit. I love Euphoria, but this school looks like crap most of the time. It looks like it's in a very bad neighborhood. Uh, there's not a lot. People are basically on the verge of pro- poverty. Besides a few characters. They don't have, the school does not have that budget. It's not in the kind of area, this is the kind of area that you go like, we need to get funding. Because the principal's this really school, trying to live out his drama days. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> they are fundraising. They are taking, the teachers are not getting raised. Teachers are getting below <laughs> the salary that they are legally supposed to be getting. So they can put Actually, on these plays. all the teachers are volunteering in yeah, the show. Yeah. That's, that's why the school's so bad. There's volunteer teachers. Nope. It, uh, that just, it, as someone who loves theater and loved high school theater, a little frustrated from personal experience. <laughs> when we get that, yeah. what the hell? Give my play. I want to put on my, I want to go back to my high school. I'm going to pull out my old script. I'm like, we're going to put on this play. <laughs> Give me all your teenagers that you got here. We're going to put on this play with some budget and I'm still the fucking lead. I want to run to the stage. I want tripwires. I want uh, blood packs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's what I need. Okay, so that, that is my thoughts on entertainment. We're now going to move into entertainment news. I think my thoughts on entertainment, that could be the name of it. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so this might spoil something for you. I'm not sure. How how into uh, the James Bond franchise are you? Uh, you can spoil it. Okay. Yeah. So the new da- the Daniel Craig, uh, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen No Time to Die, because this is going to spoil the ending. So, so skip ahead 10, oh, I, 5 I, minutes. I, I saw the most recent one, right? Yeah. I saw it. Okay. I saw it. I'm good. So, No Time to Die is the movie where James Bond found some time to die. <laughs> and they killed him off in the end, and they made sure that they blew him to smithereens. There is not a doubt that he's, got, that he's dead. They are rebooting it when they're bringing him Daniel back. Daniel Craig made sure he is not coming back. He does not want to come yeah, back. He, he said he was throughout to slit his wrists and play him again. And then he, they said, well, what if we kill the characters? Like, okay, I'll come back. Uh, but they offered him a lot of money to do this, two, this last yeah. installment. Oh, I think that's the main thing. Like he said, he didn't want to do it again. I think he knew he'd get a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By saying that, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But anyways, the place where he died in the movie, they have decided to actually put his gravestone there. 1962 to 2020, 21 gravestone for James Bond. Wow. Okay. And now people can go visit that as a tourist attraction. Wow, okay. I, got, I did not know that. I gotta say, you got me. I, if I get, if I get <laughs> I the gotta money, know. <laughs> I, gotta be, I gotta pay my respects. I love James Bond. You, of course I'm gonna visit his grave. I'm gonna bring flowers. I'm gonna fucking cry. I'm gonna cry harder than I did at funerals with people that I love. It's gonna, it's gonna be disgusting. People are gonna be so mad at me. 
You know, it's kind of like um, they, in Japan, they put a, out a gravestone for uh, uh, these two anime characters from uh, uh, One Piece. If you know what One Piece is, it's a huge, it's a long show. It's on episode 1000 and something. Okay, that's more than Doctor Who. It, it's like probably the longest piece, longest anime in history. But anyways, they have a gravestone for one of the characters, two of the characters that died. And they're both really beloved and um, every single fan of the show like sent hate mail to the author. For killing those characters off. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I will say the uh, the killing James Bond off in the newest movie was very polarizing. Some people think it is the worst decision they could have ever made. But me, I'm a fan of a sad ending. <laughs> and my dream for years has been I want to live long enough to see the point where they eventually kill him off. Because I feel like that's always how the franchise should have ended. I don't... It's not going to end, unfortunately. Yeah, but I yeah. don't... I, uh, I think they should have ended it there. It was beautiful... And that's what I always wanted to see. I was actually kind of worried because I was like, I want to live that long. <laughs> There's a part of me that goes like, did I jinx myself? Am I going to leave this theater and just suddenly drop dead because my wish came true? <laughs> it's kind of doomy of you. You're like, I really want to see my favorite character of all time just die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can love that. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's something that to get really excited about. They are going to make a feature film of the beloved short music video, Baby Shark. What? Why? Yeah. Well, because parents didn't get enough of that song. That shit has a billion, over a billion views. That's why. Oh That's really God. why. They knew they could market that. And I just can't imagine going, I feel so bad for the parents. Because that song is so catchy. Now they have to relive their uh, horrors. They're not going to have to try that hard. It's going to be two hours of Baby Shark singing that over and over again. Adding <laughs> more and more family members. <laughs> That's awful. I think it was like mom, dad, baby. Now they're going to like mom, dad, cousin, second cousin, teacher, president of the United States of the ocean. I'm just going to keep on going. I'm stating the obvious here, but it's a huge money grab. That's what it is. They, they know they're going to get money. They know it's going to generate I mean, it's, a huge ton of money. It's more blatant than the Emoji movie or freaking Angry Birds. I forgot about the Emoji movie. Patrick Stewart again. Patrick Stewart was in it. He was a little he shit was emoji. emoji. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I actually wanted to see that one just to see how bad it was. I, I, I sometimes think that and then I don't always go. And that was one I didn't go to. <laughs> the worst one I ever did that for was Cats. Oh my god. I stopped. I, 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 did, I heard about it and I was like, I don't care. I'm not watching it. It's, it was torture. And it was, it was worse than I thought it was going to be. It looked really bad. It was already a bad idea when it was as a musical. People yeah. didn't like it as a musical. It, it, it's so weird. It's basically about, if you look at the plot, literally, it's about cats that are they're competing to be euthanized and don't know if they're being euthanized. That's what it is. Because the cat in the end that wins this competition, that's all about... Floats up into the fucking, heavens. Yeah, yeah. He's it's like, oh, dead. she's fucking dead. Yep. That's what it, it, it's the Hunger Game or the Hunger Games. The, <laughs> did you ever read the book, the the short story, The Lottery? Uh, no, 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 I have not. So you basically, everyone in this world plays this thing, this lottery, right? Mm -hmm. And if you win, you get all this money and all these riches, and you live out this dream life for about seven days, and then they kill you. Oh, that's what that's what cats is. Yep. But with horrible music and horrible acting. <laughs> and it's creepy as hell. And now the movie has horrible CGI. So yeah. they have more fucking shit on top of shit. And, and Ju uh, Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench is a cat in there. And she has a monologue at the end of the movie towards the camera. 
where she is talking to you, and I swear she is coming on to you, and it is so disturbing. And I oh, like no. there's there there are people like licking themselves during the movie. They, it, they had such a huge cast for this fucking movie that it just elbow. They had what uh what's her name Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, um, Ian McKellen. Yes, yes. Jordan James Corden. Uh, <laughs> I, I like musicals, and I hated that so yeah, much. So do I. Same here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's go back to James Bond. I should have done this following the James Bond story. So they are making a James Bond reality show. So basically, MG- okay. MGM. I should have also done this story earlier. I'm going to combine these stories. <laughs> MGM has bought has been bought out by Amazon. So Amazon oh, now right, owns yeah. MGM and all their properties, that's including James Bond. Huge buy. So. They are now doing what they can do with the James Bond franchise, which is go out with it. So the first one is a game show where you can win a million pounds. They take you, but the concept sounds weird to me because I don't understand the point of it. It says they take you to exotic locations that are from the James Bond movies. You have to survive. No, and then they give you trivia questions about those places. (laughs) That's what they described it as. Sounds... Not as fun. Sounds like a waste of time. Yeah. Why can't I just I don't know. just take me to a stu- to a studio and have me ask answer trivia questions like I why are you gonna take me to Scaramanga's base in, in Thailand and then just ask me questions? I would have thought they would have done something a little more physical where they replicate certain like scenes from the movies and you have to like traverse an obstacle course and that like, sounds more fun. And maybe they're gonna they're maybe now you know it just got announced today. Maybe they're gonna tweak it and maybe they should have waited before it came out to actually actually tell us about it but yeah that uh, it's not that they just need to revamp the whole thing not yeah. just tweak it yeah <laughs> hopefully they come up with something better that being said i don't usually watch reality tv or game shows i don't care if it's james bond i do want a james bond I, james bond universe series i think if we followed other double o's oh that'd be so cool uh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be like so that. cool and then you wouldn't have people going like well, why don't we have a female james bond because i people think it's sexist <laughs> James Bond isn't a female. He is, he is like, his whole character is based on male fantasy. Yeah, yeah, So I think yeah. it's a bad idea. And changing him to Jane Bond, that's not James Bond. You just said Jane Bond. James Bond can be another race. That's fine. I don't care about that. But it, for that for that one thing, I'm going to be sexist and say it has to be a man. <laughs> but I have no problem with expanding this universe. And, like, uh, people throwing in Gillian Anderson as someone that they think should play James Bond because she's British and a badass woman. Which is pretty cool. Make her a badass spy. Awesome. I'm I'm thrilled with that idea. And just do more with that universe. I would love to see a Q Branch show and just maybe make that comedic, <laughs> the sitcom of the of the Bond universe, be like oh, working in Q Labs. I think that'd be fun. There's so much you can do. There's so much potential. You don't just need James Bond. There is a universe to play off of. Speaking of reality shows, have you seen the one on Netflix called uh, Is It Cake? Okay. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. And my friends and I were talking about this last night. How is that a show? It, yeah, we, we, it's super ridiculous. So explain it to the audience who doesn't know what Is It Cake is. So if you're familiar with the meme, the trend that happened a couple of years ago, it's where they make cake look as realistic as possible. Like they give you an object, like a bowling ball. Yeah, a shoe, bowling ball, bag. And then, so the contestants are first have to guess whether... Not, something is cake or not, and then if they get it right, they get to pick one of the five things that are, that are on there, and they have to replicate that cake. And then the other contestants pick the stuff that's left over, and they bring in judges. The judges have to judge what the contestants made and try to figure out 
if it's cake or if it's an object there uh, each contestant gets paired up with other with some decoys throughout the judges and if they win they get they, they get to now also judge again to see which bag of cash is cake and which bag of cash is actually cash and they collect money like that <laughs> it's so stupid yeah it's really it's really dumb uh i've already watched like five episodes <laughs> <laughs> So, so you enjoy it. I, I just can't imagine sitting down and watching a show about fake cake. Because yeah, it's, it's it's so dumb. It's so dumb seeing also, to go through it. And it feels very forced, too. Also, you talked about this was a trend years ago. Oh, yeah. No one's talking about this thing anymore. Nope. No one's talking like, about it. We're going to finally capitalize on the thing everybody forgot about. The, <laughs> the thing that, that makes the show worse is that they try to force... They try to make you think it's funnier than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Well, Whenever, they have a, the host is a guy from SNL. Oh, I, I didn't know. I don't know yeah. that. Well, whenever anybody cracks a joke, it's not usually him. They cut to every single person laughing and like zoom in on their face to yeah. make it seem like it's really, really funny show. When it, the joke, the joke maybe garners a chuckle yeah. at best, but that guy is also never funny on SNL. I, I'm not one of the people that is a hater on SNL. I think they always have good skits. You just can't watch it. A full show. You watch it on YouTube. Watch the good stuff on YouTube and leave the full show alone. <laughs> but that guy, he's not a funny guy. I don't know how. He's one of those people like, how did you get on SNL? Yeah, I mean. And now he's a host. It was, it's okay. It's like, if you want to just kill some time while you're eating or cooking or whatever, listen to it in the background, glance at it every once in a while. That's the show right there. See, I've heard a lot of people say that about certain things. Like, this isn't a show you pay attention to. This is like a background show like you just yeah, said. Yeah. I love like the reason I, I think I'm so obsessed with TV is that when I was younger I wanted to be an actor and so I like watching people I, it's not when I was younger I still want to be an actor I, <laughs> I just gave up on my dream like, oh, an no. adult, like an adult does but uh so I like watching people act it's one of my favorite things to do so I don't yes. ever watch things in the background but like hey, I don't care that much about this I want to watch people act so I don't really watch reality TV or game shows there's nobody acting yeah no there's nothing to have, there's really nothing of something's happening it, even like a stupid comedy, like The Office was was brilliant acting, even though it was a comedy. I I I, I can go for something like that. I can rewatch that rather than watch people decide if something's cake or not. It's a dumb show. <laughs> like what That's you all like. I can say. Like what you like. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's what I think is interesting. So uh, the director of the the TV show is coming out this coming week. Might even be coming out on the week that this podcast comes out. Uh, Moon Knight. Oh yeah! Uh. So he's very concerned about uh, about representation, especially of Egyptian people. He's Egyptian. He wants yeah. that to be done well, and so he's been speaking out about. He spoke about uh, Wonder Woman last week. And I thought his criticism was valid, but this one he's speaking about uh, Black Adam, the the, Ooh, the rock yeah. movie coming out, and he's mad about that one because he is saying they had the chance for representation of obviously Egyptian people in that story. Instead, they chose to make a fictionalized place and have it take place there as his origin story. Yeah. And he's mad about that. Now, what do you think? Do you know anything about Black Adam or anything like that? I don't know too much about Black Adam. Okay. I know so much more about Moon Knight just because, well, as you can tell from my uh, reaction. But uh, I know that the character is supposed to be Egyptian, like you said, and that uh, he's also, they seem like they changed him up a little bit. Uh... They're calling him an anti-hero when he's mostly a villain? Yes. If I'm not mistaken? Yeah, but I think he's... I don't know. We'll see what, go, what happens. With that. I've read some comics where he has... 
been on the side of the heroes. Okay, okay, okay. He's not mainly, but he has every once in a while. If the heroes are more right than the villains, he's teamed up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But uh, here's my thoughts. If this was in the Marvel Universe, I would think it's fucked up because the Marvel Universe tends to stick... Like, most of the heroes live in Metropolis yeah. or San Francisco or some real place. Yeah, real location on Earth. But DC... Has Gotham City, has Metropolis, has Star City, has all like all their heroes live in fictional places. Fic- yeah. So right. I feel like you can't get mad that he doesn't take place in Egypt when that's just a thing of DC. They all their world is not our world. That's more fictionalized than the Marvel universe. They've been consistent with that. I see what you're so saying. So I, I I while I agree that representation is very important, and he's right. A lot of time when we d- depict Egypt, we show it very backwards. When, like it looks like a backwards place. Everyone's, you know, living hundreds of years in the past versus the main characters <laughs> when really they're not that far off from us. They live in big cities. They have the technology. They are not like they are on TV. I 100% get that. I think his gripe in this particular case is wrong. Is it a, is it, is it a misplaced? Yeah, misplaced. Probably from not being as familiar with the DC Universe and the Marvel Universe. Because Marvel, again, takes place in the, mostly our world. Besides Latveria and Adeline... For like the Inhumans and Doctor Doom, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of other, another place that doesn't actually exist yeah, on I mean, Earth. Like most of the movies taking place like Avengers One, New York, Avengers Two, uh, so- no. Sokovia. Or- yeah, it, you know, pretty much in uh, in the Marvel universe, why does anybody live in New York? <laughs> <laughs> they have 20, 30 different superheroes living there, and they all are super busy because there's so much crime. Don't live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough place to be, man. Everyone has PTSD at that point. You think, point. yeah. Yep. Um, another superhero that just been uh, announced is, uh, and it's going to be made again. The same guy, the Moon Knight Rider is attached to this as well. They, they don't. I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show yet. They haven't announced that. But Nova is officially coming to Hell yeah. MCU. Do you know anything about Nova? Yes, yes. Well, I don't know too much about him. I just know he was. Um, more affiliated with the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's more. He's kind of like the Marvel's Green Lantern Corps. Oh, okay, okay. Like gotcha. the because there's there's the Nova Corps, which is again not getting that far away from that, <laughs> and they're basically space police. Uh, I know more about uh, this version is going to be the original Nova. I know that there's there's guy I think his name's Sam Alexander. He's a young Nova and he's on Champions and stuff like that. So he's like a teenage superhero that basically took his dad's helmet and became a hero with that. I know that one. I love that one. So I'm not that familiar with the Green Lantern ripoff Nova Corps. But, I mean, this guy must be doing good stuff. If he's written, even though Moon Knight hasn't come out, they are that confident in him. That, like, let's yeah. give you another project. That's exactly what I thought, too. I oh, can't wait for Moon Knight. Marvel must have seen the higher-ups, must have seen what, what he's done with, with the show Moon Knight. I was like, damn, we love it. Here, just take this over. Uh, it seems like they're going to be expending a lot on the whole... Uh, Nova Corps thing because they also casted not too long ago uh, Adam Warlock and is yes. this, aren't they like uh, do they do stuff together or so I'm not super familiar with Adam Warlock and like I said I don't, I'm not even super familiar with that version of Nova okay uh, I've only seen Adam Warlock in uh, in the Infinity Gauntlet trilogy yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's all right. I know him from. And so I'm kind of surprised we're already past the Infinity Gauntlet and now we're bringing him up. They're bringing him up, yeah. Because yeah. that's his origin is in those. So I, I don't I don't know anything about that. But we'll see. I mean, I think he's kind of involved with James Gunn. James Gunn isn't very big on um, 
staying canon to the comic books. This is not a complaint. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, he's done a good job. But he takes he takes characters that aren't like no one really cares that much about Adam Warlock. No one cared about Guardians of the Galaxy. Him up. So he take he takes <laughs> Peacemaker again. I didn't care about Peacemaker. I didn't care about Suicide Squad. But he takes his characters no one cares about, takes his own unique spin on them, and does whatever he wants. So I don't care if it's not gonna be like comic books, warlock. One for one, as long within, as he's good. Yeah, as long as he has a unique take, and I'm sure he will. Um let's see. Uh okay, here's a here's a good one. Uh Pixar is going to re-add... Uh, so the, there's been a lot of people have upset with Disney because of they have not been really well with with LGBTQ representation. Uh, Even yeah. if they had it, it's been kind of token in the background. It's not really been a thing. The movie Lightyear, it's coming out soon, uh, had a scene that they basically nixed. They took out of the mix because, you know, it was too much. It was a gay... They thought it was too spicy. It was a man-on-man kiss. And they're like, no, we can't have that. Well, think of the children. <laughs> children can't know that men kiss sometimes because, uh, uh, yeah, no. And so they took Go that out of there. Christian values. So, but because com- members of that company have walked out recently in protest of the way Disney has responded to this stuff, they have changed their mind and they have added that kiss oh, back in. Oh, how cool. I think that's yeah. so cool bringing that back in. Yeah, I know absolutely. some people are afraid. I've heard somebody... Uh, I'm not going to name them on this podcast, but I've had, I know someone that's been on this podcast before that one got upset when we were hanging out with them. was like, I hate that Disney is turning our kids gay. Oh, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> they're not turning our kids gay. That's not a thing. Representation just makes it so that if you grew up seeing it as a normal thing, you realize it's not something to make fun of. It's just life. Yeah. It makes it so much easier for people if they're represented because then people just know it exists. If you were surprised by it as you're older that gay people exist, you'd be like, that's not natural. I never, My parents never told yeah. me about this. I'm going to be upset because I'm weirded out. It, it helps queer folk not seem different. Yeah. Because the more something looks different, more other, the more, yeah. you're, you, the more you might be inclined to uh, bully them or make yeah. fun of them or just separate yourself from them. It makes them more part of us. Yeah. If you were born straight... Seeing so a guy kiss another guy is not gonna go like, oh my gosh, I now like men now. Give me yeah, that dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna make you're just gonna go like, oh, okay, there's some gay people in there, and that's it. And that's it. That's that's all it is. That's, that's all it is. All but it it's is. gonna make so much other, so many other people that have struggled feel included. And like I, I've talked about this before, my generation has had to do a lot of it, uh, adapting because there wasn't re- representation when we we're younger. So we used to be. Not, I never considered myself homophobic. I always considered myself an ally. That being said, if I look back on things I've said in the past, I used to use gay as like, oh, that's that's so gay. As I mean, that's so stupid. Yeah, that's here. homophobic as hell. Yeah. I used to make jokes about calling my friends gay as in, as an insult. That's homophobic as hell. And we've had to learn from that, that that is wrong and adapt to the times. Younger generations don't seem to be having that problem because they're growing up with more representation than it, ever before. Yeah, they're seeing it everywhere. Let's then. make it even more so. Let's make sure everybody feels good about who they are rather than ashamed. That's what I want for the future. I think representation is a good way to go with that. Absolutely. And it's not and it's not anything um, like explicit. It's just two guys kissing. No. Uh, if if the two guys took each other's dicks and sucked them in a Disney movie, I would have a problem yeah, with that. Yeah, then I would have a problem but with But I would also too. have the same problem with, with a straight couple that does that. Because that's a problem, too. Exactly. But beyond that, I've heard people say this argument, and it's so stupid. They go like, I just don't want kissing at all in my kids' movies. I was like, okay, so you hate most Disney movies then? Because all of them were about a girl trying to get a guy. 
Mm-hmm. Fucking Ariel gave up her entire life <laughs> just to be, to with, be with a guy. Eric. She yes. she Eric. She met she met once. <laughs> she she saw him, saved his life. He didn't speak to her. No. He just was lying asleep and was like, oh, he's so fucking handsome. If I had a vagina, I don't know what I have because I have fish parts down there. I'd be fingering myself right now. That's what she was like. That is not a good romantic story. That is about a girl giving up her entire life, her whole personhood or mermaidhood for a guy she never met. That's a bad message. I really like Love Love is great. Elsa's lying in Frozen when Anna's trying to go with the, the prince. And she goes, you can't just... Abandon your whole life for someone you just met. No. Like, fucking thank you. Finally. Frozen started a trend, and I love it, where the, the romance isn't the center of the movie. They tricked you in that one, because yes. they made it seem like it was. Yeah, And yeah. in the end, they twist it all up, and it's beautiful. But now they... Disney movies have been more... They've been even more, like, uh, metaphorical, or, like, the, the enemy isn't, like, a bad guy. Oh, yeah. They've been more, Encanto, like... the enemy turning red. Yeah, it's been more about, uh, you know, the... the is emotional trauma, generational trauma is a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Uh, it's just more metaphorical things than rather actual physical bad guys. And that's so good because it's actually helping people deal with real issues rather than just like, I don't have a person. And that's so good. I read a tweet where it said, damn, all these uh, millennial slash Gen X uh, animators really do be having a lot of... Uh, Generational trauma. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's something else that's been that's been allowed to be explored recently. Is now people are allowed to talk about I have depression, I have this problem or that problem. People are actually oh, allowed to talk yeah. about. In the past, it's like, hey, buck up, walk it off, Pick man, be, by the be a man. Straps, yeah, don't don't worry about your emotional problems. As a guy, you're not allowed to even have emotions. Yeah, and now we, that has been regulated into a thing like, no, you're allowed to do that. That's that. cool. It's okay. That's representation. If you need to talk about anything that's bothering you, talk about it. Don't don't keep it bottled in and lash out at your friends, family, your loved ones. Like I don't think the sole reason why you should be learning about things is from TV, but I do think it is a lot of entertainment is paving the way, probably selfishly because they're they're grabbing onto trends and they realize because <laughs> Disney is an evil company that makes great things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they are seeing things and going, okay, let's move with this thing. Let's make a the. Let's make it seem like we care about people in ways that with representation. I'm happy about that. Even if it mm-hmm. puts more money in Disney's pocket. Alright, let's see if I have any more news to talk about. Okay, I have to talk about this one because it's upsetting to me. Whoa! <laughs> I clumsily just dropped my phone right there. So I'm a big Billy Joel fan. I know a lot of people who knew me in the past knew I was like all about metal and stuff like that. But now I love me some Billy Joel. <laughs> And like a few weeks ago, I saw a concert of his. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Uh, that's how much I, I love him. He's my top three favorite artists. So they are making a Billy Joel biopic, but they do uh, not have the rights to his music. So what the hell are they going to do? They've done this before with other people. They've made a Bowie movie like this. They do this all. They almost are always terrible. Because you, you can't make a movie about these famous musicians yeah, and make fake songs that like, oh, because make fake songs that this person made for this movie because you can all have the rights to it. That's, it's terrible because there's a story behind these songs like being made. seeing uh, Bohemian or Rhapsody or uh, the Elton John movie. Rocket Man. The, Rocket Man, yeah. It, it, it's it not going to work. It wouldn't be the same. It doesn't mean anything. If nope. you don't have the music, it doesn't mean anything. So don't make it. I would love a Billy Joel biopic. Give me, show me when he was on a Disney movie and singing as a as a Dodger and Auburn company. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see him 
one of my favorite videos of YouTube videos of all time is look up Billy Joel freak out. So he's in, I think he's playing in Russia, uh-huh. and they're lighting the audience. He's getting very mad because every time because the audience is getting rowdy, so they light the audience. But when they light the audience, the audience kind of like calms down a little bit. So it's frustrating him because he wants his audience excited and jumping yeah, around and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So he starts screaming like, "Stop lighting the audience! Let me do my show for Christ's sake!" <laughs> And he gets so mad, he takes his piano and he flips it. Oh, holy shit. By the way, as he's doing this, even when he's screaming, he's still singing on key. Like, he'll say, stop lying to the audience. It's just a fantasy. And he's going back and forth between this on key. Breaks his piano. Starts taking his microphone and just bashing the stand into the floor. Still, I pick up his, his microphone, oh singing on God. key. It's from like 1989 or something like that. It's so good. Look that up. It's one of the best That's videos on YouTube. That's fucking hilarious. The... That he was so fucking frustrated that it didn't stop him. No. His dedication. He still rocks. I want that in a movie. <laughs> it's not going to work if he's not singing the songs. I know that video. I know what song he's singing. You can't, you can't fool me. <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just do uh, one more. Uh, no, actually two more. Two more stories. Because I want to end on a bad one, so I'm going to do a fun one first. Have you seen the TV series Harley Quinn on HBO Max? Oh, no, but I keep neglecting watching it. I hear so many good things about it. It's another show that it's stupid smart. Like, you wouldn't expect it to actually... It deals with emotional abuse, because Harley Quinn is an abused person. Yes, yes, It's about her finding her own personhood after she and Joker break up. Everyone romanticizes Jokers and Harley Quinn's relationship is out of their goddamn mind. No, it's abusive. It's 100%. (laughs) And they go into that, while also being incredibly crass and funny. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite a breakout character who I had never heard of before the show but now I'm noticing a lot in comics as well because I'm going through Batman and this is a Batman villain uh-huh. Kite Man hell who? yeah Kite Man who? so Kite Man is this character and he's he started back he's an old villain so back in the day he was very cheesy and like he robs people with like he flies around on a kite and that's yep, his superpower I okay and so his, his, his catchphrase Kite Man hell yeah <laughs> But they, they made him a joke recently, and it's real a lot of fun. But on, on Harley Quinn, he dates Poison Ivy. Oh, wow. And, and everyone's like, why are you dating Kite Man? He's so cheesy. He's such a terrible person. He's such a terrible villain. He's like, no, he's charming. And he's so funny on that show. He steals the show away. No way. And so, <laughs> I need to watch this. Uh, he's so popular uh, that they have given him his own spinoff. Really? Kite Man is getting his own show on HBO Max. That's so fucking cool. He has the power of kite. <laughs> He's so good. So yeah, definitely check that out. That's a good one. Now here's another one. I want to know what your opinion is on this because this is controversial. Okay, okay, okay. Ah, man, did I do this one last week? So I don't always delete all my uh, stories that I save and then I go like the next week I've already saved other stories I'm like, did I delete this one or not? So I might be covering this again but we'll get a different perspective than last week. Hell yeah, sounds good to me. So Netflix is starting to crack down on people sharing passwords. Oh, yeah. And what they're doing is yeah. they're going like, okay, if you are sharing passwords outside of your own home, they're testing out in other countries, but mostly they'll come here, is we're going to charge you about $3 more a month per account that's used outside of the household. So you can still do, you can still share your password and you're not paying for a full Netflix account. You're only paying $3 for that, but you're going to be paying for it. What do you think of that? I think it's greedy on their behalf. They're already making so much money. Uh, that, it's just another way, just another way for, for them to make money, more money. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna argue big business here. Okay, 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 <laughs> it's okay. gonna sound fucked up. It's their product. Mm-hmm. They do not owe you you those accounts that they're sending it out to. 
They can do whatever. The same thing with like people get mad when Disneyland raises their prices. Yeah, the demand's yeah. still there. So if, if people stop going to Disneyland, they'd have to lower the prices again. Oh yeah. But as long absolutely. as the prices keep on going up and people keep on paying to go there, why would they not what raise their stop? prices? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the same thing here. If they think they can milk more money off of this thing. You do not own that stuff. They if they found a way around you getting that free Netflix account to your friends. They can do that. It's oh, their absolutely. business. Sure, absolutely. it's greedy, it's... but they are a business. Their whole point of them, while yes. they might make great shows and TV and movies and everything like that, they're a business first and foremost. So they want them to get the most they can from their product. I also don't share my Netflix with anybody because mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like if I'm paying for it, why would I give you my account? <laughs> I don't want to pay for you to use Netflix. I'm paying for me to use it. Get your own account. Yeah, so maybe have, I'm a little bit more selfish. I have my account, and then my family uses um, uh, shares it shares my account. So they're, they're, they're the only people, at least that I know of, that uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, at least I don't think anybody else is watching it or using it. Uh, they're the only ones that use it. Um, so I mean, three hundred bucks isn't, isn't that bad, and they completely understand that it's their product. They do whatever the hell they want with it. They don't owe us anything. No. Um, and especially if they know they can get away with it. And people can, like, bitch about it all they want, but if they're not going to put their money where their mouth is... Yeah. Because well, what are they going to lose? They're going to lose your parents. <laughs> I mean, that's your parents who were not paying for it. Those are the customers who go like, I'm really mad about this. I want my... And pay for it. That's yeah, the only thing they're going to have to do. Yeah, just give me three bucks. <laughs> either, either we're losing someone who's not paying, or you're going to pay me a little bit more. It's, there's no loss for them here. Yeah. I mean, I hate it. I wish they, they wouldn't yes. do it. Um, but, I mean... It's not a necessity. Like, when they yeah. raise... Your, when they go crazy with gas prices or when they go crazy with with electric bills and stuff like that, you, those are necessities. Those are things you need to get through with your daily life. Yeah, yeah. I get mad about that, too. Because you know they are charging you way more than they need to to make a profit. Absolutely. These companies... Holy like, shit. gas companies keep on saying, like, they're, we're, you know, we're doing this to make up for this or that or stuff like that. Well, having record profits. What was it? Exxon Mobil made like in the last quarter, which quarter is like what, four months? Mm-hmm. They made like $12 billion yeah. or something like that. So they don't need to be raising the prices no, on this thing. They just, they're gouging people. And even the Ukraine thing didn't affect our gas our gas uh, prices a lot. really at all. It should have, it, it would have gone up, but not like this. Not like this. No, they're taking advantage of the situation, people's ignorance, and just like people needing it. To do this stuff. That makes me mad. But for something that's fun like Netflix, which you do not a luxury. need. A luxury. Yeah, yeah. It, it sucks, but it, it makes sense to me. Related story. Uh, Apple was working on making subscription-based hardware. I don't know what that means. So you would have to pay a monthly fee to use your phone. Well, I hope everyone goes back to Android so like if, I'm using because that you, sounds stupid. If you don't pay it. I mean, that's, that's the way I understand it. That's the, uh, from what I read. Don't you already pay like a monthly phone bill? Okay, yes, and if you don't pay it, you don't get the service, but you still get to use the phone if you have, like, Wi-Fi or whatever. Near okay. You. If you, the way they're going to make it is you won't be able to use it at all if you don't pay the monthly fee. That like, it'll basically just shut off. That would suck. Yeah, yeah, that would suck very much. Don't do that, Apple. I, I do use <laughs> I do use your, I don't know if it would go background into older items, but I have an iPod Touch. I still use my iPod Touch all the time. Better not take away my iPod Touch. I don't want to be paying monthly to use an iPod Touch. That would that would suck. Uh, all, from what I read, they're only focusing on the iPhones, so basically okay. for the iPhones, iPads, and everything else that they're safe for now. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, don't go too greedy, Apple <laughs> bastards. Okay, um, so that's all the entertainment news we have. So I wanted to finish this podcast off. By the way, I was worried I didn't have enough material for this week. Oh, we got a lot. Most episodes go about an hour, so we're doing fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, you're doing great. So. I had the idea, I I wonder if I, okay, 
So last time I had you on, we I had an easy thing. We were just doing something music related, and then I was like, "What can I do for the topic this time? I want you on, but I had no subject in, in mind." It's like, <laughs> okay, let's do something I've done before, which is movies not enough people have seen that you think everyone should see. So yes, I gave you that yes. homework assignment. What what was the movie you came up with? Uh, Green Room. All right, do you want us to describe that for people? And this, by the way, this is another Patrick Stewart movie I was mentioning earlier. So good. Uh, it's a great movie. By the way, I I saw this movie in theaters years ago. I had to watch it again today to refresh myself, mm-hmm. but it's a great movie. Basically, it's about a punk rock band. They go perform at a uh, venue, bar, I think it is, and it just so happens to be owned by Nazis, and they decide to perform Nazi Punk's Fuck Off, to <laughs> so which great. way they get really pissed, and uh, from what happens... A little bit after that, but they end up getting stuck in the, uh, I guess, the green room. The yeah, basically green room that they own. That the leader of the Nazi. So you're okay. So I just watched this this morning, so I think I'm a little bit more fresh. Yes, 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 yes. So basically, they're about ready to leave. They perform their set. They're about ready to go, and then the girl played maybe from rest of development. It's like, oh, I left my phone in the green room. Can you go get Danny Elchin? There you go. And he goes in there, and there's a lady stabbed to death in there. And then they hold the, the the owners of the club hold them in there, and they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do. And it is as like it raises your anxiety as much as you can. Like it's very suspenseful and it's gory too. It's gory. <laughs> uh, Patrick Stewart plays a Nazi brilliantly, and it has Star Trek versus Star Trek because it has Pat- Picard versus <laughs> Chekhov from the new Star Trek movies. Yep. Uh. Yeah, it's great. It's one of those movies where, uh, so I had saw it in theaters years ago, but I didn't remember how it ended, and the movie feels so hopeless. I couldn't Dude, remember if oh they made it through God. or not. Yeah, it it the whole entire time you're on the edge of your seat. Who would have thought that a movie that has the characters in just one single location for the majority of the movie would have you just biting your nails the entire time? What's also great about that movie is lots of horror movies, and this is kind of a horror movie, more, more maybe more suspense. Yeah, uh, yeah. But lots of these kind of movies have characters make decisions, and we're like, why would you do that? Every decision these guys make to try to survive is a well thought out yes, decision. Yes, you yes. never are mad at them for what they do. They're in hopeless situations, trying to make the best choice possible to survive. They all know it is highly likely that they are going to die. Yeah, and you know, sometimes they, um, well, I don't want to spoil it too much, but one of them does make a, a, a mistake and it gets them injured, but... But even that, that mistake you're talking about... It doesn't feel like... It's, they're, they weigh their options. They talk it out yeah, before yeah. they do it. And it's like, there's no good option like we there. we have to do this and we have to try. We have yeah. to try it out. So yeah, it's it's so good. The performances are amazing. It's one of the last things Anton Yelchin did before he tragically, tragically died way too young. Which is so. I mean, I kind of hate saying this, but it's kind of fitting the way he died because he's he's done a lot of movies where he does like kind of oddball movies, mm-hmm. which they're good, but doesn't they don't get a whole lot, a lot of traction. Um, and they're the whole premise of the movies are a little like a little weird. He like what was it like the car? He got ran over by his own car. Yeah, like it was parked. He didn't put the parking brake on. There we go. It rolled forward while he was in front of it. He got pinned and he died. Yeah, like so random. So weird. Yeah, it's super sad though. Yeah, absolutely. They're making a new uh, Star Trek 4 with that cast, Pine and everybody like that. I think think he was in the first three. Mm -hmm. I think he didn't, I don't think he died until after Beyond. And it's so sad. Like everyone's talking about it's going to be hard to go back without him. And I thought he was great. He didn't look at all like the Chekhov from the original series, <laughs> no. but he nailed 
the 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 performance. He did a great job at that, and I'm I'm so sad that he died so he young. Come back he had a lot of potential. He made great movies. I I really thought that it was one of those actors where I think he would have done a lot of great things. Um, I mean, he really did a lot of good things before, yeah. but I think he would have been become more well known. Like he was just starting to get his career. He was he was on the up track. Every like I don't know a lot of people who have seen Green Room, but the people who have are passionate about that movie. It's a really well done so movie. So fucking good, man. If you haven't seen it. Highly recommend it. Very well done movie. Okay, so I was trying to find another movie that I also thought about this. I wanted to do this movie called Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, but unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, but if you can find it, please watch that movie. Um, very quickly, it's about this guy who's forced to by his mom to spend time with this girl who's dying. And they kind of this great friendship form. It's really funny and very moving and well done. And he basically makes a movie for her. Great movie. Check it out. If you can find it, Me or Earl and Dying Girl. Me but because, Dying Girl. Because it's not streaming anywhere unless you want to pay for it, uh, I chose a different movie. This movie is called Sing Street. And this one was inspired by your choice because yours was about a band. <laughs> Maybe not very much about the music. But this one is also about a band. It just takes place in the 80s. And this guy sees, sees this beautiful girl. And he's in middle school. He sees this girl, beautiful girl to him. They immediately falls in love with the first time he sees her. And he's like, finds out she's a model. So he's like, oh, I'm going to tell her I'm in a band so that she could be in my music videos. And that's how I'm going to get her number and get her in. Okay, he doesn't okay, have a band. Okay. Never played in a band before. Pretty smooth. Pretty but smooth. after he gets her number to do this, he just has to put together a band. And they start making his music. And at first it starts off as very shallow, just like, I want this girl. Let me let me do, do this band for her. But it turns into finding out who you are as a person. That's finding your cool. identity. Uh, rebelling against a uh, corrupt system because this school is, is run by this very horrible priest. This is religious school, and they treat their students like crap. And even like the the there's a bully in the movie who has an arc where you're like, oh, this guy's so fucking horrible. And then you grow to learn more about him, and you realize, oh, he has a backstory. And they redeem him in the end. They of the flesh movie. out his character. They oh, that's so cool. I love when shows you that. What I really love is that this movie. Had great music in it. It's so weird. It's so crazy to me that you can like you can be a great writer. And it's original music. It's original music. Holy shit! When you and you can also make original music in the in the movie and make it work because it's something that I it bugs me a lot of time. Like I'm a big fan. I'm gonna reference an old TV show. There's a show called Quantum Leap that I'm a big fan of. And in the like basically each episode he leaps into someone else's life in the past as a fix something that went once went wrong. That's oh, the whole that's pretty cool. Time travel show. Uh, so in this in this one episode, he leaps into a stand-up comic. Everyone sees him as a stand-up comic. <laughs> That's why it works. Everyone sees him as the person he leaps into. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And so he has to, and this thing is, he has to fi- find a way to make this guy successful and also save these two people from getting killed. He doesn't know how. He just has to, has to do that. But in this, they write <laughs> down, they perform stand-up. And the problem was, the audience is laughing like crazy at the stand-up. Because it's written that they laugh at this. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not funny. Oh, it's terrible no. stand-up. And it's hard to buy into the premise of like a band doing good or, or comedy doing good if the if writing not is not actually funny. good. Yeah. But this, I, I bought the soundtrack almost immediately after watching this because I thought the music was so good. And oh, so God. all this comes together. It's a perfect five out of five for me. It will make you laugh. I was grinning through most of it. It will make you sad. There's some very sad moments in this movie. And it will make you relate to being his age, especially if you're like me. I was bullied in, in school. 
you can relate to that stuff. It's just it's just a perfect movie for anyone who's either going through that phase of the life so or cool. has lived through it themselves. What's it called again? It's called Sing Street. It's on Sing Amazon Street. Prime. It is it's on the version of Amazon Prime where uh, like there's some stuff in there that's through IMDb, so there are commercials, mm-hmm. which is a little annoying, but they had the full movie on there and it didn't bug me rewatching it. I had not seen it since I saw it in theaters. I rewatched that this morning today as well. Smiling the entire time. <laughs> Such a good movie. I might just watch that today with my girlfriend. Go for it. It's so good. Uh, so yeah, those are two movies you should check out. Uh, Green Room is streaming on Showtime, and Sing Street is streaming on Amazon Prime. So check both of those out. Thank you so much, Louis, for uh, for doing this today. Thank you for having me here, man. I always forget. Is it Louis or Louise? Uh, Louise, but Louis. either word works. I, I don't mind. I always forget yeah. that. It's terrible. I always feel bad about that. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Uh, you're do you good. want to plug your stuff one more time before the, the podcast turns off? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, check out my band, BDJ, spelled B-E-A-D-Y-J-A-Y. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, um, Apple Music, uh, pretty much any platform that streams music. And also, catch me streaming. Uh, I'm sometimes funny there. Uh, uh, Twitch.tv, Kylo Bird, K-Y-L-O-B-I-R-D. Wednesdays and Thursdays at 5 p.m. And then uh, if I do any other days, I'll announce it. All right. Thank you so much for that. Please, everyone else, if you like this show, we only have two ratings on on IMDb, on (laughs) iTunes. And the more people that rate this show, the better it looks to people stumbling across on on accident. So please leave a review. I highly, highly appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for those two of you that actually have because they're not me and they didn't tell me who they were, so I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, so that's about it. And remember, when it comes to entertainment news, two weeks late, come to Unlicensed Entertainment. Oh, yeah.